All right, let's do this. Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy, as always, brought to you by Cavens Group. Check them out. CavensGroup.com. Well, what a weekend it was for OU softball, the opening weekend of the year. And OU is starting the season. Well, OU is exiting the first four games of the season the way they started the season, which is with an undefeated record, with an all-time historic winning streak attached to their name. A 4-0 weekend in Mexico for OU, and it did not come easy. It did not come easy. We we recapped the first two games of the season. Of course, the win uh, over Duke, the, the 3-0 win over Duke. And if you didn't catch that, that's in the previous episode. You can go there. So we're not going to really focus a whole lot on the first two games today. Really, the two games um, that, well, the game on Friday night against Washington and the Saturday afternoon game against Long Beach State. And, and let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's start with that game Friday night at Washington, against Washington. And I know a lot of you stayed up late. I stayed up late as well. How can you go to bed when you got two top 10 softball teams battling it out and OU's in a heck of a game with a program like Washington? That game was a lot of fun. There was controversy throughout the game. Chippiness in the stands, apparently. Softball is back, baby. Chippiness in the stands, controversy, uh, clutch moments. It's back. It's back. It didn't take us all that long for us to say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it already. OU's already starting to play in some big softball games. The, the, the tension is already back. You're already starting to feel with OU softball, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, controversy, a play at the plate that Washington didn't like. Controversy uh, with the obstruction call. I don't know what else Kinsey Hansen is supposed to do. Now, the rule may say that is absolutely, you know, you, you can't do that. You can't block the plate like that. We, we saw it a few years ago when the Women's College World Series, but I don't know what, what else Kinsey Hansen is supposed to do. Throw is low. I don't think there's anything else she can do to try to get the runner out at home plate. So without spending, you know, 10, 15 minutes on this one, that's kind of what I would say about it is, were, were there controversial calls in this game? Yes, but one went against OU, and I do think the other one went against Washington. I thought that she was safe at the plate. That's that's what I saw after seeing the replays. So did it affect the outcome of the game? I, I mean, maybe. I'm sure Washington right now is is saying that those two calls did or the call that went against them did, but again, both teams had a play at the plates that were controversial. So I'm not going to put an asterisk next to this win for OU over Washington. And in fact, it's the last thing I'm going to do. What I will do, though, is sing the praises once again of Riley Boone. Are you kidding me? This kid, I, it's just, you know, I, maybe it was the beginning of last year, the middle part of last year. And we always have known what she's brought to the table. She's a spark. They got a lot of spark plugs on this team. I, I don't know if anyone on this team, and, and this includes Jada, by the way, has the knack of just getting everyone just so pumped up, fired up, she reaches first base. I, I don't know if anyone on this team is as emotional as Riley Boone, and it fires me up every time. Two outs, top of the eight, and when the with the international rules in there, I, if you don't get that run across, that's a big deal. That's a lot of pressure going into the bottom of the eighth when Washington gets a runner at second base with a chance to win. Right, that's a tough spot. Riley Boone, you've got to get a base hit 
to at least be up by one to go to the bottom of the eighth inning. She did. Slapped it out to left field, base hit, fires up, running around first base. It was awesome. Gave OU the lead. And, of course, um, it was just fantastic all week long. Kelly Maxwell comes in and uh, and shuts it down. But that's a big-time win. That's a big-time win for OU over Washington. Is Washington the second-best team in the sport? I, I mean, I don't. I don't know about that. I, I think their ranking is fair. I do think Washington is a top 10 team, and no one is ever surprised if Washington makes it to Oklahoma City for the WCWS, but I, I absolutely think that they have a chance to be one of those teams at the end of the year. But really, my my kind of my big takeaway from the entire weekend is, you know, I don't know if we want to put a letter grade on how well we thought OU performed from game one to game four. Whatever letter grade that is, I'm not putting what I saw from OU at an A+. And maybe I'm not even putting it at an A, even though they beat two top 10 teams in Duke and Washington, two really good wins. Really, the point is this. OU did not play their best softball this weekend, and still it was good enough to beat two really good teams and go 4-0 on the week. Now, the rebuttal to that, and I'll, and I'll listen to it, is, well, okay, you want to say that OU didn't play its best games this weekend. Did Washington play? Did Duke play? How do you know? And that's totally fair. I'm just saying that we all know OU gets everyone's best shot. Game in and game out, every team wants to be the one that knocks OU off the winning streak, right? Of course. And even before the winning streak happened, OU's the giant in the sport. You're going to get everyone's best. That's just the way that it works right now for this program. But you don't play your best. You don't always pitch your best. You leave some runners on in certain situations. Maybe you had some uncharacteristic uh, errors at times, and it was still good enough to win. This team knows how to win, and winning is a skill. Make no mistake about it, winning is a skill, and this team has that skill more than anybody else in the sport. It didn't look good on Friday night, and I don't think I have to tell you guys that, but it was starting to not feel very good. Friday night, as we got later and later in the game, OU wasn't doing a whole lot offensively. And they're never out of a game. They're inevitable. It's like they always come back. You always know that they're going to come back. And they're going to string together a couple of hits. They're going to get a run across. And they're not going to go quietly into the night. They're going to fight, and they're going to find a way to win. Did it again against a really good Washington team. So, though I'm not looking at this weekend as, wow, well, they're hitting on all cylinders in the beginning. This team's got work to do. It's the first weekend of the season. Of course, that's the case. Go look at the legendary teams of the past. They had work to do after the first weekend as well. Guess what? They'll resolve some of the issues that they had this weekend. But the fact remains is even when they weren't at their best against good teams, they were still able to find ways to win. So I'm, I'm leaving this weekend with, with just that. I'm not sounding any alarm bells, which I think is just such a spoiled thought to begin with. Is you know, we at times we think it's just this team's right. It doesn't matter who they're playing to roll the ball out and win 10 nothing. Not how this sport works. It's the most competitive era of college softball, and I think it will continue to be even more so moving forward. The most competitive era of this sport, and they're just rolling off wins the, the way that they are, not far from 60 wins in a row. And we're coming up, what, in eight days? I think it'll be 365 days since OU lost a softball game. Got to keep things in perspective, even during a run like this. Heck of a job to go out to Mexico 
and start the season 4-0. Really, really impressive. Now, if we want to talk about getting spoiled, I did get a little bit cocky in that Washington game. I did get up 2-0 early in that game. Ah, just another one of those where OU's going to roll in this one. That wasn't the case. And I can even present that I think the way that Washington game, how it ended up and how it ended, best case scenario. Best case scenario. Because we even talked about last year, you know, how Patty just doesn't love the five-inning run rules. You'll take it as a fan. Of course you'll take it as a fan. Stress-free, you can relax a little bit, all that. It's it's fun to run rule teams. But for Patty and the progression of this program, to be in a tight game, in a tight spot where there's chippiness in the stands and the college softball world, if they're not watching on flow softball, they're monitoring it on social media or listening to Plank on the broadcast. Everyone was looking to see if OU was going to go down. All the pressure was on OU in that game. And they find a way to win. There's a lot of good in that. There is a lot of good in that. I guarantee you Patty Gasser was glad that game happened over this weekend. Riley Boone was clutch. Celebration got me hyped. She had a great weekend all around. I think she, I thought she had a great year last year. What, what Women's Calls World Series All-Tournament team. I absolutely think Riley Boone's going to be in position to have her best career year or best year at OU. And that's a fun thought to, to think about, Riley Boone having her best year. Um, Tiare at short. I thought Tiare looked good. And what, Tiare started all four games at shortstop? So, I mean, Patty routinely said throughout the fall, like, I don't know who my shortstop is. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to continue to evaluate that. Maybe it kind of feels like for the time being, Tiare Jennings is your starting shortstop. So I thought that we would see more than one starter at that spot this weekend and throughout the early season of the non-conference, and maybe we still will, but Tiari looks pretty comfortable there. And look, that wasn't a decision to be made lightly by Patty. We know that. So I got all the confidence in the world that Tiari is going to be really good at short. Like she's Honestly, she's one of the best players, all-around players in the Patty Gasso era. Of course, she's going to be more than just fine at shortstop. And the more she plays there, the more comfortable she gets. I think it'll look better and better for Tiara at that spot. So pretty happy there. How could you not be happy with Alyssa Brito at third base? She's just so good. Is there a better third baseman in college softball? That's a trick question, guys. The answer to that is no. <laughs> what she can do defensively, that's not necessarily a routine easy play, the final play that she made to beat Washington. But what she brings to the plate as well, there's not a better third baseman in the sport. She played left field a couple of years ago fighting for a starting job out in left field. Now she's the best third baseman in the game. Hit a couple of home runs yesterday against Long Beach State. But, yeah, I just overall thoughts on the weekend. Um, I'm happy about things. Was it perfect? Didn't expect it to be, to be quite honest with you, even with all the returning production. And with some newcomers, you knew that they were going to play a lot as well. But 4-0 weekend, you take it. And we move on to Lake Charles uh, going into next weekend. Two top ten wins. Not bad for this team. Uh, nationally, what caught my eye? How about Texas dominating UCLA the way they did? Big 12 here recently has been OU Texas, Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas is going to be pretty good this year. And I think Oklahoma State's got a chance to be pretty good as well. I'm recording this just before Oklahoma State's going to take on UCLA. So uh, depending on what happens in that game, we may talk about it in that next week's episode. So that kind of puts a bow on the uh, on the Washington game. Probably going to end up being the toughest team that you play in the non-conference, Washington or Duke. And look, you got to bring it every single game, but you don't have just the murderous row of non-conference opponents that you did a year ago. 
Washington and Duke are out of the way, and you're going to face some good teams here, but not the top 10 teams that you saw in Mexico. So, as always, let's see if this team improves. I think that they will. Let's see how many new faces get in the lineup, how many changes that they make. I like that so many pitchers got action this weekend, and a lot of those pitchers performed really well. Probably none better than Kelly Maxwell and Corley Keeney, but I just think all around every pitcher um, at least had some really good moments throughout the weekend. 11-3 win over Long Beach State. Um, that's, a, that's a really nice response after what was a long night against Washington. I know that they didn't get in until late. And um, they didn't get in until late, early morning, the next morning, all that. And you still came out and you, you took care of business. 11-3 win over Long Beach State. And it's hard to do, not easy to do when everyone's gunning for you. Again, I, I know I made that point earlier, but long night, you're maybe a little bit tired, and you come back the next day and you do what you needed to do to get a win. And you separated late. You separated late. Sid Sanders hit a home run. Of course, Tiare hit a home run. Uh, Burrito hit two home runs. Remember that whole thing about she's the best third baseman in the game? Yeah, she 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 is. 13 up, 13 down for Carly Keeney in the game as well. I think we're far off from needing to identify, all right, who's your one, two, and three? Three-game weekend series, what the rotation going to look like? Well, it, it, you don't necessarily need to know that now. But Carly Keeney is making one heck of a case already that she needs to be in that two or three spot once we once we get to uh, to conference play. What are we at? Fifty six wins in a row now. It's just insane. Just insane. And I just I, I just really want to appreciate it because this is like guys, this is a moment in this program's history. And there's been a lot of great moments in OU softball history, but this is a moment that we're going to reflect back and look back on for a long time. Because whatever this number ends up at, I don't think anyone's going to break it in this new era of college softball that I that I think is going to continue to be more and more competitive, especially when you have a lot of the big dogs moving on to some of the major power conferences. You know, like the competition at the top is um, is is going to be a lot more difficult here moving forward. So I'm going to enjoy this, enjoy the win streak, enjoy all that. It's uh, just been a lot of fun game in and game out. Just softball season is here. All is right in the world. Softball season is here. Side note, Red Solo Cup needs to be played at football, basketball, maybe even some softball games. I don't know. Bottom of the six, something like that. Was at the Hoops game last night, Bedlam game, Red Solo Cup. That was that was sweet. Toby Keith, uh, his songs need to be a, a staple. Big OU softball fan. And uh, we've been celebrating his life throughout the week on the ref. And not one of the best, the best. Huge softball supporters, supported so many sports on campus. but. TK would uh, he he enjoyed everything that was going on and he'd love to start the season. There, there ain't no doubt. <laughs> there's there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, but little Sunday episode for you. Just wanted to keep it light, keep it quick. Recap the two games over the weekend. Of course, looking forward to this team getting back in action uh, next week in Lake Charles. But as always, just appreciate the support on the podcast that you guys continue to show. You're always tweeting out the link to it, which I do appreciate it. But um, I, I want this to be a place where you guys are able to offer your thoughts as well. You know, um, just a, just a place where OU softball fans can come together. And, and we're going to have a lot of fun throughout the year, like we have for the past few years, talking about this team. Special, best, special, special group for sure. They're going to continue to get better and better as the year goes on. 
But that is that's kind of the fun thing to think about is this team team going to look a lot better than what it did this weekend. A lot of fun moments are going to happen throughout the year, and this team's only going to get better and better as the uh, as the year goes on. I wanted to find a tweet that Jessica Bame sent me uh, before we get out of here, and here it is. I said after the Washington game, so I guess it's 57 straight wins right now. Down but never out. It's been a theme for many years now with OU softball. What a performance by Kelly Maxwell. What a two-out hit by Riley Boone. What a win, 56 straight. Jessica Bame says, made sure to look up the last time OU had three errors and one. Thought we might need it as the June 8th, 2021 game was the game one loss to Florida State in the championship series. Last time OU had three errors and one was against James Madison in 2021. So shout out to Jessica there. That's a, that's a pretty good stat. Really good stat, actually. But I love you all. Thank you for the support. And we'll do it again next week right here on the Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas.